Hello and welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast. My name is Lisa Bartlett. Thank you for joining me again. I always appreciate the listens and support and great feedback that I get from you all. Please keep it coming. Please support the podcast at patreon.com slash lightfiles. I'd really love to have 50 50 listeners subscribed and supporting the podcast. Um, It it means a lot. It helps keep me motivated. It um, allows extra things to happen. So patreon.com slash lightfiles or follow the podcast on Instagram at lightfiles. Worst case, you'll always know when the new episode uh, comes out each week. Um, But yeah, or like and subscribe on Apple, whatever works best for you. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit this week about the risk of sales. So I think it's pretty intuitive and uh, an understood concept. Like, look, we're all selling goods, right? Showrooms are selling goods to homeowners or builders or interior designers. We're uh, salespeople and uh, manufacturers are selling to their various distributions, whether it's showroom distribution, whether it's e-commerce distribution, whether it's direct to the trade distribution. Yes, that's SaaS. Um, Or direct to consumer distribution. Even more SaaS couldn't work it up. (laughs) But you understand my point. Um, There is always risk in sales. It is not a risk-free endeavor. Um, we have all been consumers of one in one form or fashion our entire lives. We are all aware that not every transaction in our lives uh, when we are the purchaser goes perfectly. We all have been um, had bad customer service experiences. We've all had times when product was not uh, as advertised. We've all had times when we needed to make a return on a product Um, or we purchased something and just didn't end up needing it for various reasons, but nothing was ever done to it, right? Um, Like you bought a dress for an event, ended up not wearing it, and returned it to the store a week later. So there is always inherent risk in selling things to people. It's just how, uh, it's just a fact of life. So when you think about that risk uh, that showrooms take on with consumers of all types, um, why is it that there is not a sharing of that burden of the risk between our manufacturer partners? For example, uh, if I am selling light fixtures for or fans for a manufacturer, and I'm a good partner to them. I have as many products on display as I can fit. Um, but I don't, but they have just released a new finish sample, a new finish for a, a product. They have a new aged brass finish. Um, and for whatever reason, my version of that display product hasn't arrived, is back ordered, something. It's a new to market product. But I get a customer that comes in that would really like to see this product. Um, They really love the aged brass. They think it's gonna match their faucets. They're just not 100% sure. And I'm not 100% sure either because I don't have a physical sample of that product to hold in my hands for the customer. 
Um, so, you know, maybe we go back and forth and I say, I really think it's going to work. Um, so the customer ends up buying it. And then lo and behold, when the product arrives, the brass finish doesn't quite match. And whose, whose fault is that? Like, where does that blame go? Well, in the consumer's eyes, it goes on where they uh, purchased it from. So um, showroom salesperson, we really thought this was going to be a match. It turns out it's not. Uh, I request that you take it back because this product will not work for me. It is brand new in the box. I just picked it up yesterday, ran it home, matched it up to my faucets. It's not the same. It's not going to work for me. Please take it back. Uh, so we, we, we in the showroom probably do take it back, uh, especially if it's brand new in the box product. But then if, depending on the relationship with that said manufacturer, uh, there's somewhere between a 25 to 30% fee for me to send that product back to the manufacturer brand new in the box. It is just outrageous if you ask me because it's putting all of that burden of the guesswork on the showroom. So what can we be doing to do better with this? Um, I understand that finished samples aren't always something easily produced or that factories want to produce or if a manufacturer moves production from one factory to another factory Maybe finishes are slightly different, and so then a whole new set of finished samples needs sent out, and it becomes this whole, whole snowball effect of issues um, and just you know things that have to be done. Um, but in the case I just described, if we were selling this product and had an accurate finished sample in our hands to show this customer, we could have taken all of the risk out of that whole transaction because that customer could have borrowed our finished sample, taken it home, matched it up. Oh no, that doesn't coordinate with my faucets at all. Brought it back. And all would have been well. We wouldn't have had, we wouldn't have purchased a product in error. We wouldn't have had a return to do an error, you know, return on the goods. Um, and the showroom wouldn't have to eat a potentially 25% um, expense on the cost of goods just to make all this happen. Now, you all that listen to this podcast know um, that I have a real issue with restock fees. I, I really want to understand them. <laughs> I do fully understand that when I purchase a product and a consumer takes it to their home and they open the box up to look at the finish and it's not right and they return it to me, I fully understand there is a legitimate responsibility on me as the showroom that when that product is returned to me, I'm confirming it is returned in its original packaging, its original styrofoam, its original plastic bags, that there's no parts missing. Nobody took the chain out. Nobody took the canopy out. Nobody took the mounting hardware out. Nobody stole a piece of glass or broke a piece of glass. It is fully my responsibility to make sure that all of that is there and I should be issuing credit to the customer based on all of those parts and pieces being in the packaging. That's a part of my arrangement with my customers. Yes, you can buy this. Yes, you can return it within 30 days if it's brand new in the box, but brand new in the box does mean brand new in the box. So if I confirm all that on my end, 
and then go through the appropriate process with the manufacturer um, to get approval on the return and ship the product back at my own expense, I do not see why I should ever be charged a restocking fee on that exchange. Am I also aware that when that box for that return arrives back to the manufacturer's warehouse, that in their due diligence, they're going to have to do the same thing I did in the showroom and inspect the package and make sure that all the parts and pieces are there in order for them to put it back on the shelf and resell it to another customer as a new item. Yes, I totally understand that. Yes, do I understand there's an expense involved in that? Absolutely, I understand that because I had the same expense in my showroom. On a smaller scale, sure, but it's all relative. It, it, it impacts my margins to the same degree that it impacts the manufacturers um, for doing that same inspection process. And, and we do it, and I would absolutely do it before we sent a product back. And I do, and I remove all the labels. And I, I, you know, we, we try to remove shipping labels. We remove our own um, product, you know, special ordered item labels. And does that every now and again uh, cause a little uh, tear off on the cardboard of the box? Yes, but we try to keep it minimal. And ideally, new shipping labels go over the bad spot in the box and nobody sees it. <laughs> Just on that first layer of cardboard, y'all know what I'm talking about. So all, all of that being accounted for, I really just do not understand why fully the risk in these transactions has to fall on showrooms alone. I, I just don't. And, you know, are there exceptions? Are there showrooms or, or other customers uh, like showroom customers, you know, that do sketchy things and try to take parts out of boxes or claim things that are defective that aren't like, yes, of course this happens. And of course this needs to be, uh, an honest and open exchange of information truly about the, the quality of the product, the state that it's in all of those things. It can't just be, um, We'd have to be, we have to be clear and honest with each other about it. And if a product comes back to my showroom in a condition that I cannot in good conscience send it back to the manufacturer for them to resell to somebody else, I just need to not ask. If I've made that decision in my showroom that for whatever business reason, it's important for me to return that product and give that customer a credit. Maybe they're just an excellent customer and they're kind of being a little squirrely on this one issue, but they do so much business with us that I'm willing to overlook it. That's fine, but I don't need to turn around and make anybody else pay for that decision. That's my own internal decision I made. But in cases um, where that where that's not the situation and the product genuinely is brand new in the box, all the parts and pieces are there. Uh, why does all of that risk have to fall on the showrooms? And how many sales do we need to lose because of these kind of archaic policies? I got to be honest with you. If I went into a, um, I'm trying to think of a relative home goods store, a plumbing store and ordered a fixture and I was told, you know, if this isn't exactly what you want and you return it to us brand new in the box, no parts missing within 30 days, I'm still going to charge you 25% just for the favor of returning the product. I would not shop there. It's just outrageous. 
Now, past the 30 days, missing parts, installed, totally fine with there being different rules of eligibility of return of those items. Not quibbling with that in the least. I don't want those returns more than anybody else. (laughs) If it's missing parts, if there's an issue, like that's a whole different concept of return. But like, let's just go back to my initial situation where a finish doesn't quite match and it doesn't blend and the homeowner is dissatisfied. How many sales as an industry via the lighting showrooms do we lose because we have to pass along these archaic policies? Now, this is where the internet is better than us to some degree. I really have no idea if these restock fees apply to e-commerce accounts or not. I suspect that if Wayfair uh, does an order with a manufacturer and a similar situation arises and the customer returns the product to Wayfair, I suspect that Wayfair does not try to return that product to the manufacturer, but they keep it in their own warehouse and they inspect it and they reship it on a different order or they put it up for sale, you know, open box goods, something, and they sell it that way. So I suspect that is what happens. And, um, and I get it. And if I had a warehouse as big as the Wayfair distribution centers and Amazon distribution centers, um, I might be tempted to do a similar thing, (laughs) but I don't, I have to be logical about what I can fit in my warehouse and what turns for my customers. And if there's no reason for me to keep that product on hand because it's not likely to sell, or I have to put it on some discount, Uh, I would rather return that to the manufacturer and get a credit on my account against future purchases rather than just hold it in my warehouse until it becomes covered in dust, which (laughs) is what happens. How many, and I wonder this a lot in my own showroom, um, how many sales have we lost because I'm have to pass along this policy from manufacturers just to protect my own bottom line. Whereas maybe e-commerce companies aren't passing that along. Um, and they look like a much better deal. And if the same product is available at essentially the same price, um, yeah, it would be way more tempting as a consumer to go the route of the place with the better return policy than the one that's going to charge a restock fee. And now manufacturers might just be saying out loud or, you know, to one another, well, showrooms, just stop charging the restock fee. Okay, why don't you? <laughs> like, why must we keep putting ourselves in these situations uh, where we're kind of like second guessing one another? I'm all for strong partnerships and committed partnerships between manufacturer and showroom. Do I understand that I'm not going to be that partner for every manufacturer that I have access to and can sell their product? Absolutely, I understand that. And there are many things I would not ask of my second, third, fourth, fifth tier manufacturers that I will ask of my first tier manufacturers. And I suspect everyone feels that way. Um, The people that I'm doing the most business with, I want to have the best business relationship with. And I I just definitely feel like that should be a two-way street. So what could we be doing differently as an industry to have less returns? Um, 
what tools do we need to have on hand to sell product if we can't have a display because there's been a worldwide pandemic and nobody can get product to the shores or if they can get it to the shores of the United States, they can't get it across the country. What could we be doing differently or better as an industry to minimize all of these risks for showrooms? So what can we do to work on reduction or elimination of restock fees? What can we do to make sure that finished samples are always on hand and not necessarily just of the finish of the fixture itself, while that's very important, but the finish, uh, but fan blade finishes are also extremely important to consumers and even fabric and glass uh, finishes and looks can be very important to customers. Everyone has become so educated over the past two years over home goods and how things should coordinate and look in your home. Like it's really ramped up and I love that for our industry, but also it creates consumers that are really picky and discerning. (laughs) And if things aren't exactly as they want them to be, they're really sure there's another product out there that is exactly what they want and they will want to return the first to get the second. And, and, and again, it's a great problem to have that consumers are so committed to the looks of their homes now. Um, but yeah, they also want to be really sure they can test drive all the components of the things that they're going to buy to make sure that they work for them. So what can we do differently? What to have less returns? And I'm really throwing this out as a general question to the group, to all you listeners of the light files to maybe send me back some answers, maybe send back some takes from different sides. Like I'd love to hear some manufacturers or sales agents respond with what they think we could be doing as an industry differently to minimize returns or to minimize the impact of returns. Cause we all have to acknowledge there is an impact of returns and it's definitely financial. It definitely hits everybody's bottom line. So that said, what could we be doing better together to minimize that impact? Because I promise you, no one loves a return. Showrooms don't like returns. Manufacturers don't like returns. Nobody likes a return. We're not aiming for them. We would prefer they never happened. We'd prefer nothing was ever defective either. (laughs) On that note, we would, everyone would prefer this situation. But acknowledging, like I did at the top of the podcast, that that's just not how consumer uh, affairs (laughs) work, Uh, we have to acknowledge that as reality. What could we be doing better to minimize returns, to set showrooms up for success so that there is less chance of a return, and so that our best showroom partners aren't penalized for trying to provide the best customer service? Um, why should I have to take the penalty of a restock fee that I'm, that I can't pass on to my customer if I'm trying to do tip top customer service? Why should I have to have that impact? And, and what? Like, I, I just genuinely do not get it. I'm still going to be a good partner to, to the manufacturer. It almost feels like a penalty just for existing and just for trying We understand you're trying, you're working hard, you're taking on the risk of sales and salesmanship and having a showroom and having product. We understand the risk. Um, You took a risk, it didn't pan out, and we're going to penalize you for it. Why? 
Like what is great partnership there? And why should that be something that continues in our industry? I just don't see the value in it. And again, uh, if you think I'm speaking in blanket statements about <laughs> restock fees, please note again that I am not. I do understand, of course, you know, returns on products with missing parts or damaged or defective or, you know, otherwise unresellable product. Like I'm setting that out of the equation. And that is a lot of what returns are. And that is just a co- what I would call a cost of doing business. But those costs could also be minimized if we strategize together on how to reduce returns as an industry, how to set ourselves up better to sell and to have success and to have the tools we need to sell goods, even if I cannot have every single good on display. And remember, many showrooms uh, that exist have been downsizing their footprints or adding different product categories uh, to reach a better market of customers, to reach more interior designers. We've been trying to add products that appeal to them. So if maybe there's a little less footprint floor space for a light fixture or a fan, it doesn't mean I'm not still a committed partner, but it might mean I need different tools in order to sell effectively. So what are those tools that we can be putting in place so that we can minimize this issue, minimize the returns, and then this restock fee can minimize as well. Anyway, that's my thoughts for the week. Please send me uh, what you think about this issue. Um, Not just complaining about restock fees, we've done that enough, but how do we reduce returns in our industry? How do we reduce returns? How do we partner better with one another so that this isn't such a burden and impact to everybody's bottom line? Because if returns are reduced in the showroom, they're reduced to the manufacturers and that benefits everyone. Thank you again for listening. Take care. I will talk to you again next time.